Anyone feel divided this morning? I mean, maybe on this side of the screen or on this side of the screen. I mean, I think all of us this year have realized it's been elevated of how divided we truly are as people. I mean, for some of us on this side, it's like we're all about the mask. And on this side, we're not mask enough. Maybe on this side, you know, you think that the vaccine is literally your savior. And maybe over here, you think the vaccine is just a hoax and there's a conspiracy behind it. Maybe you're not white enough. Maybe you're not black enough. Maybe you're not Asian enough. Maybe you're not Mexican enough. Maybe you're a far-right, conservative, Trump-loving Republican. Maybe over here you're a far-left, Biden-loving Democrat. Maybe over here you are a virtual school only. But over here, you couldn't wait to drop those kids back as soon as you could. And the moment that you're not in the center, the moment that you pick a side, it's like, look out. Because you're going to get canceled and the other side is literally going to eat you alive. And I don't know about you, but it's exhausting, isn't it? It's, like, it's exhausting. It's draining. And the more that the division goes up and up and the more that the walls keep going up and up, we're wondering, can they ever come down? Is it ever possible for, for the division that happens all around us to ever come down? Let's talk about some other divisions are happening in our lives, maybe relationally. Maybe for some of you, relationally, when it comes to you and your spouse, you are so divided. And the moment that, that, that maybe you feel like the wall starts to come down just a little bit, you say one thing and whoo, it's right back up to the top. And that division is now not just a division, it's, it's actually leaning more towards a divorce if the divorce hasn't already happened yet. Maybe over here you have, you have this division between, between a sibling that, that because of what they did or what they didn't do and the lack of forgiveness, this division and tension that's been going on between you guys has been going on for years. Or maybe over here you have a kid. You, you have a child that no matter how much you love them, no matter how much you show, how much you care for them, no matter what you do, there is this wall. And whatever, you're, you're out of options. You've exhausted all the options. And you feel like you're never going to be able to break through. And these divisions, they're just, they're ugly. And they make us feel uneasy. They make us feel restless. And they literally can wear us down. I mean, right, all of us, we don't like this. We, 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 we don't like division, right? I mean, yeah, but, I mean, I don't want anything to do with that person. Or I don't want anything to do with those people. But come on, if we took the thing that they did out of the picture, then there wouldn't be division. I think all of us can agree, none of us want division. But so what's behind the curtain? Like what's behind the curtain in the first place? What's behind the division? What's behind all of the division is the greatest division that has ever occurred. What's behind the division in our lives is the greatest division that had ever existed. But now, there's a hope. Now there's a remedy that has broken down the division. And in order for the division to be truly broken and broken down for you and for me, it's on you. And it's on me. And if we tap into the remedy of this solution, look out. 
because it's a game changer. Not only for our lives forever, but it's also a game changer in helping us weather through and face all the divisions that we'll face in our lives. And so today, what we're going to do is, is we're going to look at what was the greatest division. And we're going to break it down. But before we break down the division, I want to just pause and just pray in unity together. So Father, thank you for joining us here today. Thank you for bringing us here online on this Easter Sunday. Help us not to miss. In the areas in our life where we feel divided, may we lean in to the remedy. May we lean into the solution. Control my mind, control my tongue as I communicate. I pray this in the power of your son's name, Jesus. Amen. Now, I know for all of us watching that not all of us could get on board with the fact that there is one behind it all, that there's this great creator, this designer. But I feel like that maybe a lot of us that are watching could get on board that there is a creator of the heavens and the earth, that there is a creator, a designer behind us, that there, he did create you, that he did create me with the, with the ability to love him or the ability not to love him or the ability to follow him or not to follow him. And if we can get, get on board with that, then we also understand that, that that created the ability for us to truly be in real relationship with him. But it also causes the problem that there, we can re, be in real chaotic rebellion against him. And so because of that, be, be, because of, of us, of, of, of there being that real tension between relationship and rebellion, that has caused this great divide. That is what has caused the greatest division that has ever taken place because you have a creator and you have the created. You have a holy God and now an unholy group of people, you and me. Because let's face it, right? All of us have fallen short. We've all missed the mark. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short. I'm a cheater. I've lied. I've coveted. I've lusted. I have pride. I'm selfish. And if you're honest, you could take the finger and point it right at you and realize, yeah, that's me too. And so we've all fallen short. And so because of that, it has literally caused this divide, this separation between humans, us, you and me, and God. It's caused this crazy separation. But God has never given up on us. God has never given up on you. In the midst of the rebellion, he has always sought with all that he has had to fight for us, to show us that he is here, that he, that he is with us, that his presence is longing not to be in constant rebellion, but to be in forever relationship. And he showed off his presence and showed up in many different ways. Long time ago, he, he did it specifically in what we call the Ark of the Covenant. What's the Ark of the Covenant? The Ark of the Covenant is, is, is something that God had Moses make. When Moses, Moses is the one who led the Israelites out of Egypt, out of slavery. And while they were in the desert, en route to get to the promised land that God gave them, he said, make the Ark of the Covenant and put the Ten Commandments I gave you in the Ark of the Covenant. And then I want you to make a tent. I want you to make a tent, a tabernacle, and then you're going to put the Ark of the Covenant in the tent. And here's what it says in the book of Exodus, chapter 29. It says, there I will meet with the people of Israel, and it shall be sanctified by my glory. I will consecrate the tent of meeting and the altar. And so for a season, God showed up in the Ark of the Covenant 
in the tabernacle. But after they got to the promised land, after they were in the promised land, it went from being in a tent to a temporary portable tent to going into a stable, standard stone temple. And they moved the Ark of the Covenant from the tent into the temple. And the tent in the temple in the scriptures, it gives unbelievable description of how the tent, the tabernacle, and the temple were to be built on the outside and on the inside. Even so much describing a curtain, very specifically that, that the curtain had to be 30 feet high and 30 feet long. And some Jewish tradition says that it was even literally four to five inches thick. I mean, this was a curtain, but, but why the curtain? Like, what's up with the curtain? Well, let's see what it says. Here's some of the details of the curtain and how it was supposed to be made. It says, and you shall make a veil, a curtain of blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twin linen. It shall be made with cherubim skillfully worked into it. And you shall hang the veil from the clasps and bring the Ark of the Testimony, the Ark of the Covenant, in there within the veil. And the veil shall separate for you the holy place from the most holy God. And so the curtain, the purpose of the curtain was that inside the temple, there was the holy place and then there was the holy of holies where the Ark of the Covenant would stay. You, you had the holy of holies and then you had the holy place. And if I was in the temple right now or you were in the temple, or your house was the temple the whole, the, uh, of, of God, well, check it out, we'd be dead right now. Because no one could just enter into the holy place or the holy of holies. Only a few people could do this. And these were descendants of Aaron. The priests were the only ones allowed into the temple. And if they entered into the temple in the wrong manner or the wrong way, or they weren't purified in the way that they should have been, boom, they'd be dropped dead. It was so specific. The provisions, it was restricted. Yes, he was here, but he still kept it separated. He still kept the division because he is so holy and you can't even be in his presence. And because of our sin, we were unholy and you couldn't even come into this spot. And so there was this great division, this great divide. And so again, only priests could enter. But only priests could enter in here and only once a year could the high priest come over here on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, where they would bring sacrifices to appease the sin offering to God. And so all over Jerusalem, people would come year after year. If you think about it, millions upon millions of people would come and, and bring animals to be sacrificed to give to the priest to make an offering to God. And it was just this constant, okay, guessing game, trying to appease God for our unholiness, for our sin, for all of our mistakes. And everyone would be leaving, you know, wondering, scratching their heads, well, was that enough? And then you also got to wonder, is, how long is this curtain going to be here? How long are we going to feel this restrictedness from God? Will, the, will we ever be able to have the division come down? Will we be able to ever see through the curtain? Can we ever get to the other side? Is it possible for us to ever peer in? I mean, or is it always going to be like this? What is it going to take to drop the curtain? Because, you know, the curtain's kind of annoying. And maybe even watching, you're kind of getting annoyed by even watching this divided screen. It's like, what is it going to take to drop the curtain? And so God saw the problem, and he wanted to fix it. And so he did the unthinkable, something so unbelievable. He sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, on this earth 
2,000 years ago. And he lived a documented life that did miracle after miracle and did things that were literally blowing people's minds. And he came letting everyone know that he truly was God's son and that he was going to die and rise again and that he would be the ultimate sacrifice to literally drop the curtain. And he would say these things. And so he lived his life. And then he was willing, and he humbly went to the cross. He was flogged. He was beaten. He literally had nails driven through his hands and his feet. And there he is, hanging on a cross. And here's what it says in Mark 15. It says, And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani? Which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I'd like to believe, but I don't know, but if I was there in that moment, I'd be asking the same question. Like, why is this happening? And, 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 and why do we still have the separation? Why is the curtain still up? What is going on? Do we need something more dramatic? Do, do, do we need some lightning to flash all over the place? Do we need an earthquake? Do we, what, what needs to happen to break the separation? But literally, when it comes to the divide, there was only one last thing that actually needed to happen. It just needed one last. One last breath. The scriptures tell us that in the moment that Jesus took his last breath, that the curtain literally tore in two and dropped to the floor. From top to bottom, literally dropped to the floor, showing us that this was not a man or a woman's doing alone, because back then before modern times, not one person could literally rip a curtain like that, showing that this was of God. The most powerful last breath that has ever happened on the planet, on the face of the earth in all of history, was this last breath because it dropped the divide. It dropped the curtain. But we have to understand that in that moment, they didn't know what that meant. They didn't understand what took place. I mean, think about those that were at the cross. They're scratching their head wondering, well, I thought he was who he said he was, and what, what, what happened? I mean, his loved ones, his disciples, I mean, think of his disciples. Most of them were in hiding. I mean, thinking, oh, my goodness, we got the wrong guy. You know, licking their wounds, having to go back to their day, day jobs, telling their family, yeah, we, it didn't turn out the way that we thought it was supposed to turn out. But not only that, think about those that were in the temple. Think about the priests. I just started to think about this. When I, like, what were they thinking? What was going on in that moment? I mean, think about it. The curtain. The, they, if they were in the holy place, the holy of holies is over here. The curtain is dropped. And they're looking at the Ark of the Covenant. They should be dead. But they're not. I mean, the fear the coldness, the nakedness, the vulnerability that they must have felt, thinking, what's happened? All of our religion, all of our tradition, all the things that we said, that, but, but he's not even here. Is the presence of God gone? Has he left us? Is the presence of God gone? What is going on? 
And Jewish tradition says that later that they would literally were trying to pick up the curtain and sew it together again in hopes that if they could just bring the curtain, if they could just lift it back up, if they could just get the curtain back up, that maybe his presence would come back. But it wouldn't come back like that. In fact, it would come back but his presence was going to come back in a different way. His presence was going to come back in a whole new way. And three days later, rumors started spreading. Have you heard what's going on? Have you heard the news? I mean, have you seen? I mean, the one who I saw hanging up on the hill on the cross, I actually saw walking by the lake. Over 500 witnesses were spreading what they had seen. I literally saw the scars in his hands. The one who was dead is literally now alive. And then the puzzle pieces probably started to go to the people that were at the cross or even maybe the priest in the temple thinking, wait a second, wait a second. He claimed that he was God. He took the name Yahweh upon himself. He was the one that was saying that he literally was the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one could get to God, the Father, except through him. He said that he was going to die and be the ultimate sacrifice. He said that he was the Lamb of God. Okay, wait a second. This, could it, could it truly be? Is this truly what we think this is? And in scriptures, tell us, what does it say here? What does it say? It says, we also know that the Son did not come to help angels, he says he came to help the descendants of Abraham, people, you and me. Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us. That's why he was God in the flesh, human and God in the flesh. His brothers looked like his brothers and sisters so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest. He's the high priest that goes before us now. Then he could offer the sacrifice, the ultimate, final sacrifice that would take away the sins of people. Finally, the penalty of our sin was now satisfied by the sacrifice of Jesus. Whew. This was a game changer. There was no more restrictions. It was unprecedented access now for men and women to access God. When the curtain hit the floor, it gave the world an open door. When the curtain was torn to the floor, it gave you and me, all people, all the world, an open door to have access to God. And his presence wasn't just going to live in a temple, in a box. It was now going to live in the temple of skin and bones and our flesh. It's just unbelievable that we have this now unrestricted, unprecedented access to God. This is, I mean, are you getting this? I mean, think about it. The curtain was torn in two just for you. I mean, is that sinking in? I mean, the curtain that represented our sin problem, our sin division between us getting to God was now literally torn in two just for you, just for me. He has done his part. Now we have to do our part. He's done his part. He did the hard part of humbling himself. Now we have to do our part to drop our curtain of pride, that pride divide that we keep up. And so the question is, is I just ask yourself this. Why are you keeping the curtain up? Why, why? Why are you keeping the curtain up when he already tore the curtain down? Seriously, why? 
What's keeping you from dropping your pride and allowing Jesus to cover that sin for you for your life? And for those of you that are Jesus followers, you've already received Jesus into your life, here's something that I want to ask you the same question. Why keep the curtain up when he's already torn the curtain down? The great enemy, you know what he does? He loves to mess with you. He loves to mess with me. And what does he do? He, he builds like an imaginary wall that doesn't exist between us and God. Tries to shame us, tries to condemn us, tries to guilt us. But we have to remember, my friends, that when we receive Jesus into our lives, when we truly trust him with our lives, Romans 8, nothing Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not division, not war, not anything, not sin. Nothing can separate us from the love of God when we receive Jesus into our lives. Hebrews 10 tells us this. What does it say? It says, therefore, brothers, since we have what? Confidence to now enter into the holy place, showing, modeling what we've just seen, the holy place by the blood of Jesus alone. There's nothing else but that, by the new and living way that he opened up for us through the curtain. Now we have access, that is through his flesh. That's when he died, showing that his death gave us access to him. And since we have a great priest, he's our high priest over the house of God, what does it say? Let us draw near. And when we draw near to him, he draws near to us with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from the evil conscience. May we walk with full assurance. Don't try to allow an imaginary wall to go up. It's already been brought down. It's already been taken care of. And then... For those of you that are Jesus followers, because that divide has happened, it's, the curtain has been dropped, all other division that we face, we now have the strength to weather through. We have the ability and the power and the help to break down those other divisions that we face in our lives. I mean, my wife and I, we, we had a division with another couple for the last three years. And I am telling you, if it wasn't for the power of God breaking down the curtain in our lives and Jen and I's life, there's no way there would have been restoration. There's no way there would have been union. But it is by his strength that we can overcome and break down any other divides in our lives. But for some of you, you're still divided. You're still separated from God. You still have your pride wall up. Your curtain is up. He's done his part by dying for you to cover your sin problem once and for all. But you haven't done your part of lowering your pride. In order for you to break the division, you must be willing to make a decision. You want to break, you want to break the division? You want to drop the curtain? You've got to make a decision. And that's a faith decision to put your trust and faith in Jesus, believing that he is the only one that can cancel out your sin problem so that you can have full direct access to God. That is so amazing that we get to take advantage of. It's unbelievable. Aren't you tired of feeling the void of division? 
aren't you tired of feeling that separation? You know that empty feeling, that void feeling that, 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 you, that is there but you really can't explain? It was this, it's this curtain. It's the curtain, it's the divide. Drop it. He dropped it for you. Now you need to drop it for him. And so if you haven't lowered your pride, if you haven't believed in Jesus and that he's the one that can do that, I wanna give you that opportunity right now. So wherever you're watching, just a real conversation, full access right here, full access. You don't need a priest. It's just you and God. Just say, Father, here I am. I don't wanna be divided anymore. I don't want this curtain in between you and me anymore. And so just say, thank you for dying for me, for dropping the curtain. Thank you for rising again for me. I believe you're the only one that can save me from myself. And so I lower my pride, I drop it, and I receive you, Jesus, into my life. As we continue to pray, if, hang with me, if you truly, truly meant that, if you truly have said, yes, I believe that, and I wanna follow Jesus with my life, then he made it really clear that you will no longer perish in chaos and rebellion and darkness and separation from him forever but you will now have everlasting relationship with him that lasts for eternity. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for what you've done for us. Thank you for dropping the curtain. Thank you for giving us unlimited access to you. Forgive me. Forgive us when we take it for granted, when we don't tap in to the power that we have through you. Thank you for dying and rising again for us. We love you. We pray this in the power of your son's name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, if the curtain has been dropped in your life, and the divide is no more. I really want to encourage you not to walk alone. Our vision here at Miles City is pretty simple. Helping people, real people, don't have it all together people, flawed people, don't have all the answers, move towards God. And so if you made a move, if you were real and you said, yes, I didn't want that divide and I gave my life to Jesus today, we want to celebrate with you. We want to answer any question that you may have. And so you can just text the word on the screen, and we would just love to have that conversation. 